Welcome to Lore Club, where a bunch of friends from all over the internet come together to bring lore from our favorite games, fandoms, and more to life. Today's episode is a three-parter. First, Vivek slays the inconceivably non-Euclidean Moon Axle. Then we get a little whirling school education before Vivek obtains a powerful weapon which he'll need in order to finish his quest. If none of that sounds like it makes any sense, get subscribed. That's kind of why we're here. Let's get to it. The first monster was actually two, having been born twice like his mother-father Vivek. He was not the mightiest of the eight to escape Mawatra, but his actions were the most worrisome. He was known as Moon Axel, and he harvested the leftover foibles of nature. This he did twice, as was said, and the second harvest always brought ruin or unwritten law. His aspect was faceted like a polyhedron. No perils are mentioned in the finding of Moon Axel, but it was known that he was immune to spears. So Vivek had to use the sword not held against him. Before he took issue with the monster, the warrior poet asked, How came you to be immune to spears? To which Moon Axel replied, Mine is a dual nature and protean. I am in fact made of many straight lines, though none last too long. In this way, I've learned to ignore all true segments. Luckily, the sword not held was curved and therefore could cut into Moon Axel. And before the sun was up, he was bleeding from many wounds. Vivek did not slay him outright, for to do so would be to keep the foibles of nature within him and not back where they belonged. Soon, Vivek had traced geography right again, and Moonaxel was ready to be slain. Vivek rose up in his giant form, to be terrible to look upon. He reached into the west and pulled out a canyon, holding it like a horn. He reached east and ate a handful of Nyx hounds. Blowing their spirits through the canyon made a terrible wail, not unlike an unsolved woman. He said, Let this overtake you. And Moon Axel was overtaken by the curvatures of stolen souls. They wrapped about the monster like resin until finally he could not move, nor could his dual nature. Vivek said, Now you are solved. And pierced his child with Mwatra. Moon Axel had been reduced to something static and therefore shattered. The lines of Moon Axel were collected by Velothi philosophers and taken into caves. There, and for a year, Vivek taught the philosophers how to turn the lines of his son into the spokes of mystery wheels. This was the birth of the first whirling school. Before, there had only been the surface thought of fire. Vivek looked at his first wheeling students and observed, Alike the egg-layered universe is this morbid passion of three distant coverage. So wrecked and alive, like the name is alive. In this cloister, you have discovered one walking path, healed like a sword but more coarsened. So edged it is that it has to be whispered to keep the tongue from bleeding, where its signs evacuate their former meanings, like empires that tarry too long. The sword is estrangement from statesmanship. Look on the estimable lines of my son, now crafted star-wise, his every limb equidistant from the center. Is he solved because I will it so? There cannot be a second stage. 
Think on the theory that my existence promulgates the five elements, and alike the egg-layered universe, I am cause for great density. Here is a thought that can break the wagon's axle. Here is another that can soar. The ending of the words is almsevee. The Scripture of the Wheel First, the spokes are the eight components of chaos, as yet solidified by the law of time, static change, if you will. Something the lizard gods refer to as the striking. That is the reptile wheel, coiled potential, ever preamble to the never action. Second, they are the lent bones of the Aedra, the eight gift limbs to Sithisit, the wet earth of the new star, our home. Outside them is the Orbis, and not within. Like most things inexplicable, it is a circle. Circles are confused serpents, striking and striking, and never given leave to bite. The Aedra would have you believe different, but they were givers before liars. Lies have turned them into biters. Their teeth are the proselytizer. To convert is to place oneself in the mouth of falsehood. Even to propitiate is to be swallowed. Third, the enlightened are those uneaten by the world. Fourth, the spaces between the gift limbs number 16, the signal shapes of the demon princedoms. It is the key and the lock, Ceres and Manticore. Fifth, look at the majesty sideways, and all you see is the tower, which our ancestors made idols from. Look at its center, and all you see is the begotten whole, second serpent, womb ready for the right reaching, exact, and without enchantment. Sixth, the heart of the second serpent holds the secret triangular gate. Seventh, Look at the secret triangular gate sideways, and you see the secret tower. Eighth, the secret tower within the tower is the shape of the only name of God, I. The ending of the words is al Masivi. Then Vivek left the first whirling school and went back to the space that was not a space. From the provisional house, he looked into the middle world to find the second monster, which was called the Treasure Wood Sword. Within years of the pomegranate banquet, it had become a lessening tune to the lower Velothi houses. They preached of its power. The Treasure Wood Sword, splintus and tiller of the high and glorious, he who wields it becomes self-known. The warrior poet appeared as a visitation in the ancient alcove of House Mora, whose rose-worn prince of garlands was a hero against the northern demons. Vivek congregated with the bones. He said, A scavenger cannot acquire a silk sash and expect to discover the greater systems of its predecessor. Perfect happiness is embraced only by the weeping. Give me back, and do so freely, what is barren of my marriage, and I will not erase you from the thought realm of God. Your line has a notable enchantress that my sister I am is fond of, and from her murky wisdom alone do I condescend to ask. A bone walker emerged from a wall. It had three precious stones set in its lower jaw, 
a magical practice of old. One was opal, the color of opal. The Bonewalker bowed to the prince of the middle air and said, The Treasurewood Sword will not leave our house. Bargains were made with the Black Hands Mephala, the greatest shade. Vivek kissed the first precious stone and said, Animal picture, rude walker, go back to the lamp that stays lit in water and store no more messages of useless noise. Down. He kissed the second precious stone and said, Proud residue, soon dispersed. Serve no guarantees made in my forimage, and demand nothing of its underskin. I am master evermore. Down. He kissed the opal and said, Down I take thee. And then Vivek withdrew into the hidden places and found the darkest mothers of the Morag Tong, taking them all to wife and filling them with undusted loyalty that tasted of summer salt. They became as black queens, screaming live with a hundred murderous sons, a thousand murderous arms, and a hundred thousand murderous hands, one vast moving event of thrusting kill laughter in alleys, palaces, workshops, cities, and secret halls. Their movement among the holdings of the Ra'athim were as rippled endings, heaving between times with all fates leading to swallowed knives, murder as moaning, God's holy erasure of wet death. The King of Assassins presented to Vivek the Treasurewood Sword. My lord. The King of Assassins said, the, the Prince of House Mora is now fond of you as well. I placed him in the corner of Dagon. His eyes I set into a fire prayer for the wicked. His mouth I stuffed with birds. The ending of the words is Alm CV. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You just heard the 36 Lessons of Vivek, sermons 20 through 22. We'll be knocking out the rest of the 36 Lessons over the next couple episodes, so subscribe if you want to catch that and get notified for all of the fun stuff we have coming up after. Our cast this time around included Aaron H. as Bonewalker, Alexander Alston as narrator for Sermon 20, Allison Schilling as narrator for Sermon 21, Charlie Strom as Moonaxle, Christopher Pickett as narrator for Sermon 22, myself as Cryer and Vivek, and Zachary Sweet as King of Assassins. Special thanks to Sarah Lepidopterine and Ben Ferber. Our intro and outro music is provided by Yesif and available to you for the low, low price of royalty-free. Our artwork is by Jonathan Dockel. Please go flood them with commissions. This episode was edited by me, Joseph R. Strom, for The Fanit. You can find everyone's links, additional credits, and a transcript of today's production in the show notes at thefanit.com slash loreclub. That's T-H-E-F-A-N-E-T dot com slash loreclub. <laughs>